0: Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. Okay, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Whatever time you're listening. How are you? Welcome back to another new year, new us. Well, new year, same us. We are pretty excited about this week's episode, which is what we say literally every single week. But I just don't know that what we're going to talk about gets talked about enough, as per usual. As per usual, we're talking about yeah the awkward things that no one wants to talk about. But when no one talks about this, misinformation gets spread. Min- misinformation abounds on this topic, and so. We're going to be talking about lubrication, the ins and outs of natural lubrication, of lubrication that we use during intercourse, things that cause vaginal dryness, or why do we even need lubrication sometimes? And I kind of think that this is a taboo topic because people feel like if they're using some kind of external lubricant, there's something wrong with them. So no one talks about it. No one says, oh yeah. Yeah. This is what I use and it works great or don't use this or whatever. It's just one of those conversations no one has. So here we are to have it. So you know us. That's all we do. In true PSA fashion. So I wanted to start with just a little bit on just natural vaginal lubrication just to kind of have a baseline understanding of how everything should function. I always think that's a great place to start. But we have natural lubrication throughout the vagina. Some of that we get from cervical fluid. Some of that's coming from the Bartholin glands, which we've talked Mm -hmm. about before, especially when we did that episode on the phases of arousal. But basically, those glands are just too small, about the size of a pea gland's on either side of the entrance of the vagina, and during arousal, these glands are going to secrete extra fluid just to reduce friction during intercourse. And and the
1: amount of lubrication that your body naturally produces changes a lot with your cycle. We talked about that a lot too in that episode. So depending on like what that cervical mucus or that vaginal discharge looks like can give you an idea as to where you're at in your period, where you're at in your cycle. We kind of talked about how that slickness increases when you're fertile in order to kind of promote that sperm motility to have a successful pregnancy have a successful fertilization um, and so that can really really change depending on where you're at in your cycle and everybody is different too and I think that that is one thing that I kept coming across like even just like googling it like you type in like vaginal discharges, how to decrease how to reduce like how to is, is this normal and everybody is different and so what's normal for you might be completely different for somebody else but there's There's nothing wrong with you there is nothing that you need to do to decrease that there are like you're perfect you're fine you're fine
0: and a lot of a lot of people get really worked up or concerned about the amount of vaginal discharge that they have especially if it's a lot and it's like You'd be, sh- I mean, some of the literature I read up to a couple tablespoons a day is normal. Yeah. That's, Which, a, that's lot. a lot. And so if you think about it, we've talked about it before that, that whole area, it's a self-cleaning oven. So we've got constant lubrication and maintenance of the pH and all of that. And so discharge is normal. So don't panic. Don't try to discre- decrease that discharge. The only time we do want to be concerned is if there's a change in color or odor. Yeah. But other than that, it's normal. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's nothing to try to change or get rid of. It's normal. If you have an excessive amount, especially around the time of ovulation, because that's when we tend to see that pick up, wear a panty liner if it's bothering you. But it's nothing... yeah, it's
1: nothing to be ashamed of. And you don't need to wear a tampon. You don't no. need to wear a menstrual cup. Like, that should only be during your period. That's just going to increase your risk for getting some sort of infection. Like, you don't need to wear a tampon just for for discharge. Like, if you're worried about your underwear, then, yeah, they're on
0: a panty liner. But, like, other than that, you're good. You're yes, fine. You're fine. That lubrication is good. It's what keeps that vaginal lining thick and elastic. It keeps that tissues healthy. that tissue healthy. So, you are good but the whole concept of lubrication came from some sort of vaginal dryness, so there's varying degrees of vaginal dryness. It can be extreme to where it's you're feeling it all the time, or maybe it's just during intercourse, and so I wanted to kind of break down and talk about vaginal dryness just a little bit and it's like it's literally what it sounds the tissues of the vagina become thin and not well moisturized we talked about how just a second ago that lubrication keeps the vaginal lining thick and elastic well if we have decreased lubrication then we have the opposite problem we have thin and friable tissues when there's a lack of lubrication so there can be a range of this like i said and it can cause Anywhere from pain during sitting, it can cause discomfort during exercise, even pain with urination, and most common commonly, discomfort or pain during intercourse. Mm-hmm. This can really occur at any age. I mean, 18 to 80. There, there's this can occur really at any age, but we do see it more common in women during or after menopause just due to that decline in estrogen. So Rachel talked about how that um, vaginal discharge and how much vaginal lubrication we're going to have can change during our cycle. So these, the, the, changes in vaginal lubrication is super susceptible to hormonal fluctuation. And estrogen is one of the hormones we've talked about before that's responsible for increasing that lubrication. So when we hit menopause and we've got a decline in estrogen, that's when we're really going to see more of a issue with vaginal dryness or some more severe issue with vaginal dryness. But some other things that can cause it are breastfeeding. We've talked about the hormonal changes during breastfeeding, Hormonal birth control is another really, really big one. Chemotherapy, diabetes, any kind of anti-estrogen medication, which we talked about those a little bit in our endometriosis Mm -hmm. episode. Uh, Another big one is antidepressants and antihistamines. Those are going to cause some of those changes. And then, I mean, this one sounds like common sense, but we talked about how that Bartholin gland is going to increase that lubrication during sexual arousal well if you attempt penetration or intercourse prior to being sexually aroused it's you're going to have some of that vaginal dryness and so making sure you're allowing your body time to go through those arousal phases is really important and then this one's huge because We've talked about it before, but these companies prey on women. But using scented or perfumed soap, sprays, and washes around or inside the vagina can actually contribute to vaginal dryness. Stop it. So stop it. Stop it right now. (laughs) Stop it. Your your vagina does not just smell like Hawaii. It is a self-cleaning oven. Leave it alone. Leave it be. Leave it alone.
1: (gasps) The thought of putting anything scented or fragranced
0: just gives me an overactivity
1: i'm just (laughs) clenching my lungs together like no no none shall pass absolutely not no warm water only warm water only so like there there's a lot of things that that go into this that go into that natural vaginal lubrication there's there's a ton, and so if you are experiencing maybe some vaginal dryness start start with the basics. Start with the basics. I mean, we've all heard that saying, you know, if you hear hoofbeats in New York City, think horses, not zebras, right? Usually the most likely answer is the simplest one, is, is the most obvious answer. And so if you're stressed, deal with stress management. If you're not eating well, clean up your diet. If you're not sleeping well, get some more sleep, get some better quality sleep, like find those little things that could potentially be a trigger for this. Like we talk about how stress is related to the pelvic floor and sexual function and physical functioning over and over and over again on this podcast and those those can be really big things. So start with the basics, start there and then go from there. Say, okay, where am I at? where have I where have I been at in my cycle? Has my cycle been regular the last couple of months? If it's not regular, then it's hard to know, you know, what could be impacting it take a look at you know your relationships take a look at you know how have you been approaching sexual intimacy and you know have you just been diving into it or like Kelly said have you been giving yourself time to go through those arousal phases and you know if you are postmenopausal Same thing. Take a look at those things first, and then talk to your doctor. Like we we've talked about, we're gonna do a whole episode on on menopause and just kind of the implications there, not only on the vaginal tissues themselves, but on the pelvic floor and you know sexual health and everything like that. But there's a lot of really 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 good products out there that your doctor can prescribe to you to help with that
0: vaginal lubrication. And so there's so many things vaginal dryness. Doesn't just feel like, oh, dry. I'm like, like dry skin. Sometimes it can feel like burning. Sometimes it can feel like itching. Another, like, common sign of vaginal dryness is bleeding after sex because those vaginal walls essentially. The tissue is, there's so much friction, it's breaking that tissue open. You can actually get sores. And another sign is recurrent UTIs or yeast infections. Mm -hmm. And so like Rachel said, there's a lot of really great treatment options out there. But look at everything. Look at your birth control. Are you on a hormonal birth control? Maybe you need to talk to your doctor. If you're consistently having these problems and you've rolled out everything else, talk to your doctor. And maybe that's not the best fit for you. And you mentioned going through the phases of arousal. Everybody is different in terms of how they go through the phases of arousal. What triggers those phases of arousal? for them. So pay attention to that. Take some time to learn your body. Learn what makes you go through those phases. Communicate that with your partner. We've talked about that so many times and that's so huge. We even talked about it in our last episode. We're no longer faking and lying and doing all these things. We're talking to our partner. Maybe what they're doing doesn't take us through those phases of arousal. So we're communicating, hey, that's not quite working. What if we tried this? What if... I mean, we're we're doing things to make sure we're giving our body the best chance possible. But like Rachel said, there's a lot of treatments out there. There's low-dose estrogen creams, patches, rings, all the things. There's vaginal moisturizers and then vaginal lubricants. And we really wanted to spend some time today diving into vaginal lubricants because we've hinted yes. at it before. Not all lubricants are created equal. Absolutely not. So... With that being said, (laughs) kind of brings us to the meat of this episode. I started thinking, uh, basically, you can break them down into about three categories other than natural. So natural, so four, if you include natural lubricant. Yeah, like your own, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of reasons people choose to use a lubricant. Sometimes it's, let me back up. There's a big, like I hinted at, a stigma around lubricants. Like there's something wrong with me. My partner doesn't arouse me enough. There's a million reasons to use it. So let's just get that out of our head. Let's just get over that. Yeah. That's another thing we're leaving behind in 2022 is any kind of shame surrounding sex. is just, it's no longer there in 2022, but, uh, or in 2023, but, um, yeah, so there's a lot of reasons. So it could be due to vaginal dryness. It could be because we just want to enhance the pleasure of the encounter. It could be because we're bringing in toys. So there's, there's a lot of reasons to use a lubricant. But the whole point of the remainder is of this episode is that you guys know how to choose the proper yeah. lubricant. Because they're not all created equal, like I said. And I think that that's just, you know, be, being able to
1: step away from that stigma I mean like if you can even call it that like you know why do we need to use lube like stuff like that and it's just it bothers me so much because we talked about this like way way back in one of our very first episodes men and women are more likely to climax with the use of lubricant in the bedroom whether it's with toys masturbation you know partner play penetration all all of the all of the things all of the things things. everybody's happier everybody's happier so friction
0: is just not a sexy word no like like friction does it feel good like friction in the bedroom that's not no no nobody wants that Mm -mm. I mean no most people don't want no so with that being said we've got other than natural lubrication we've got pretty much three categories we can break this down into water-based lubricants, oil-based lubricants, and silicone-based. So I'm going to start with water and just kind of go through and break down the pros and cons for each. And Rachel, you can jump in at any point, but for water, a lot of people like water-based lubricants because there's really like no taste. It feels pretty natural. Usually these aren't super irritating. They're condom compatible, And they absorb quickly into the skin, which is a pro and a con because sometimes, great, less cleanup. You don't feel that kind of sticky feeling of residue or anything. But depending on, you know, your goals and your sexual encounter, you may have to reapply. So, some pros and cons with the water. Did you have anything?
1: I, yeah, it's the fact that water-based lubricants tend to mimic the body's natural lubrication a little bit better more so than a silicone or an oil-based lube and so it's a lot more comfortable you will also find significantly less ingredients in water-based lubricant and I think that's like the biggest takeaway from this episode is look at your ingredients of your lube look at the ingredients see what's in there um the same way that chapstick companies. Companies will actually put drying agents in their lip balm to make you continue to buy more of that product. Same applies here. Yeah. Same applies here. (laughs) So take a look at the ingredients. If there is anything that ends in all like OL, there's a good chance that that is an alcohol and alcohols will dry you out. Yeah. So take a look at the ingredient list. Like I said, with water-based lubes, you will find significantly fewer ingredients, which is a good thing. Like you, you want fewer ingredients in that lubricant. It's easier to identify things that could potentially be causing you problems. If you do start to get any sort of itching, dryness, redness, infections, anything like that, then that way you can take a look at those ingredients and be like, well, nope, it's literally just like you know, water and, you know, two other things in here probably isn't this that's that's causing it. Let's look at something else. Or if it is a whole bunch of other things that you can't pronounce, then then there might be might be a problem there. Yeah.
0: I think the lubrication we use in here has like three ingredients. Yeah. I mean, and it's because it's it's, yeah. it's it's just a generic. And, and mm-hmm. the, the lubricant that we
1: use here is actually a surgical lubricant. Yeah. And so it's not just made for internal vaginal exams. Like it's right. made for any type of surgical procedure that could possibly need lubrication. And so it is safe literally anywhere, literally anywhere <laughs> in yeah. the entire body. So I don't think that you could buy it like off the shelf. Like yeah. I'm
0: pretty sure we order it special. And but I don't know that I would recommend it. It for, no, it's not. There's nothing <laughs> sexy. About that. No, like it literally, like it looks like a medicinal tube. Yeah, it's <laughs> not. I don't recommend. it. It's great for what we do, but if yeah. you were, if you had other goals, I don't recommend what we use. No. Okay, so then the next category is oil-based lubricants. And so this, this is actually nice because it can have a lot of different uses. You can use it for more than a lubricant. It can be used as like a massage oil. Mm -hmm. Usually these are plant-based or made with some kind of synthetic oil, but the, uh, the biggest kind of thing to note with oil-based lubricants is they are not condom compatible they can actually contribute to the breakdown of that condom material which is going to put them more at risk for condom breaking and if you're wearing a condom you obviously do not want it breaking so oil-based is not the best if you're using condoms oil-based can also stain sheets or fabric So sometimes that's kind of a a con there, but usually there's less additives and preservatives in oil-based lubricants and they tend to feel, like I said, it's like massage oil that feels good on the skin. So for people, a lot of complaints I hear about lubricant is that it's slimy or it feels sticky. They just don't like the way it feels. And this oil-based has just a nicer feel to it as long as you're not using a condom.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much with um with the oils and stuff. Just and pH is also kind of like another yeah. hot topic that comes up with lubricants and ingredients and stuff like that. And so it is, you know, it it is a little bit kind of here or there. Oil lubes typically don't have a pH level or an range. Unless they do contain like some other water or water-based ingredients. Um, And so just kind of being careful there. Again, vagina is a self-cleaning oven. Um, So is the rectum. So depending on where you're putting this lubricant, just kind of keep that in mind, and you know we've we've talked about the the vagina is pretty acidic, and mm-hmm. so we want to want to kind of try to keep that pH range around. Um, I can't remember off the top of my oh. head what the pH range of the vagina
0: is. I have it. Oh, beautiful. Because I kind of have a section on things to avoid at the end. Oh, perfect. But um, healthy vaginas have a pH of 3.5 to 4.5. Beautiful. So they are acidic, like Rachel mentioned. And ideally, you want to find a lube with a similar pH. Yes.
1: Yeah. Whether it's um, rectal pH range is a little bit higher. It's actually 5.5 to 7. Didn't know that. So still a little bit on the acidic side, but really kind of more, more neutral. Um, and so, yeah, finding a, a personal lubricant that has that pH within the same range is really, really important because we don't want to throw anything off. No, no, we do not.
0: And then the last category of lubricant is a silicone based. So these typically have no water in them and this is not going to be absorbed by the skin so they're going to last a lot longer the oil and the water is going to be typically absorbed by the skin the oil a little bit lower but even slower but it will be absorbed silicone not so much so it's going to last longer they're safe to use with a condom if you're planning water activities, or if you're planning on being intimate, like in water, silicone-based lubricants are the best because the water-based is going to wash off. I mean, or oil. Yeah, Silicone or oil is going to be best for water activities is what I found.
1: (laughs) Okay. On that, I remember, (laughs) I can't remember if it was on some episode of like a thousand, I don't, I don't think it was a thousand ways to die. It was some like TV show that was like that. And this couple were having sex in a hot tub and they got stuck together. And that has like horrified me ever since I heard that because like, I, and I don't know. I, I do not know the science behind this. I have not looked it up since then because I'm terrified of it. But it was something about like the suction, like because he had entered her like in the water, it created like a suction seal. I don't know. This could be absolutely false, but it has terrified me ever since then. Like never in my life will I ever be intimate in some sort of water environment. Mm -mm. If
0: if you work in the emergency room and you've seen please, some tell of, us. please. <laughs> if you're an EMT and you've seen this please write in please write in please You have us. questions oh so <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is like a fake story probably to keep people from to keep people from, from it's like propaganda like <laughs> like there was a rash of people having sex in hot tubs and they were like this is what we're gonna stop having people. sex in our hot tubs Rachel, just animals. Animals. it worked. Done. It worked. It absolutely worked. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay. But if you decide to,
0: to be so adventurous, use a silicone based. But be careful if you're being adventurous because silicone based lubricants can damage sex toys. So if you're using a vibrator, I'm also pretty sure they'll damage our pelvic ones as well. I think so. So don't use them on your pelvic wand, sex toys, nothing like that. So that's kind of the different categories, the pros and cons for both. And now I want to talk about things to avoid and things to avoid. And we're actually going to post this ingredient list. And that way you can just take it with you when you go to Walmart, Target, or, or you're shopping online, well, however you buy your lubricant. Because some of the top lubricants have like all of these in yeah. them. I actually, when I was trying to break down what it was, and I Googled some of these things, it actually lubricants is what popped, like the top lubricants that I hear everybody using popped up. And it's, these are things you want to avoid. So we talked a little bit about pH. So just again, the healthy vaginas have a pH of 3.5 to 4.5. So you want to use a lube somewhere in that range if possible. Mm -hmm. And then there's some things you want to avoid because they will inflame or irritate the vaginal canal and we just talked about one of the things that goes along with vaginal dryness is irritation and so we're using lubrication to reduce irritation but then a lot of the lubricants we're using cause irritation exactly so it just kind of perpetuates the cycle like rachel was talking about with the chapstick and i'm going to try not to butcher some of these but here we go non nine i butchered that Starting off strong. Doing great. So this is actually a spermicide that was, the thought was, oh, we'll add this into lubricants as also kind of a contraceptive measure as well. But they really don't do this, or a lot of companies have stopped doing this because it caused such bad vaginal irritation. So whatever you're using, look, like you can read... When we post it if you did not understand what i just said because um i butchered that name but the next one is glycerin so glycerin is going to a- actually damage the vaginal tissue which is going to put you at an increased risk for bacteria entering the vagina which is going to encourage yeast infections contribute to itching burning after intercourse all these bad things and i think a lot of times people who are already having some pro like maybe it's vaginal dryness and then they're using these and getting more irritated and they're thinking oh I'm just getting so irritated during intercourse it's like well part of it could be these products that you're using Mm -hmm. because again almost like the vaginal cleansing market these are preying on people we're throwing all these horrible ingredients and being like this will help and it's just making you worse and it's quite frustrating (laughs) Kelly's got it out for these lubrication companies. I do. It's really, it really
1: irritates me. It does. Yeah. And, and with glycerin, that's, that's definitely another like hot topic, like a big button ingredient that, that I also found, like just kind of like looking at everything and it's not the glycerin itself that is causing the yeast infections or the irritation. No. And I just kind of like want to at least make that clear. Like it's it's not the glycerin itself. A lot of people can use glycerin, no problem. It's they're totally fine with it. When you start to use it on some tissues that are already irritated, that are already inflamed, it can, it does have the potential to make that worse. Right. And and then kind of opening up to to some of those infections. So if you have no problem with glycerin, like we're not saying that it's absolutely terrible, that it's horrible don't ever ever even think about using it like if your lubricant has glycerin in it and you feel great with it go for it keep using it have at it but just something to watch out for especially if you do are a little bit more susceptible to some irritation already and
0: my my little note here said risk of inflammation Mm -hmm. and irritation meaning if you've used one thing we're talking about in a little bit is ky jelly and if you've used ky jelly for 15 years with no problem keep using it yeah go for it but if you're someone who might who's trying who's new to the lubrication world and you're sensitive and you're having troubles look at the ingredients petroleum is one that's kind of been seen to be irritating to some people and here's another one i'm gonna butcher um Clorexidine, gluconate, 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 yeah. Close. Close. There we go. So this one has been shown to reduce the growth and recolonization of vaginal lactobacillus. We've talked a little bit about lactobacillus before, but that's basically the good bacteria in our vagina that's responsible for helping to maintain the pH and keep the bad bacteria out. Just make sure that environment stays healthy. So we actually want a good amount of that lactobacillus. And so if we're using a lubricant that's damaging that or hurting it, it can affect our vaginal environment, affect the homeostasis there. Thanks. And then the last one I have, which is another one of those alcohol-type things, was the propylene glycol, which is just going to be another irritant. We
1: have ghosts in the hallway We have more now. ghosts, yeah. Um, another thing to avoid... Fragrances, flavors, and dyes. Fragrances, flavors, and dyes do not belong anywhere inside of you. Absolutely not. Just, it can cause so many problems. So many problems. Now, if you are wanting to spice it up a little bit with maybe some edible or flavored lube for oral sex that's a little bit different a little bit different so um there are specific lubricants that are um uh created for for oral sex and so the let's see the top one that i have found is Called Sliquid Swirl. That is a mouthful. Sliquid Swirl. Um, They basically they have good flavor. They're not sticky. Um, Definitely, uh, this article kind of tested out a a couple of them, um, a couple of different flavored lubes, and. They said it was the best tasting one in case you were curious. They have an array of eight fruit and fruit inspired flavor combinations sweetened without the use of sugar. So it transitions from oral delights to penetrative fun with no irritation or discomfort. (laughs) There you go. Liquid swirl for you. (laughs) Liquid swirl. So just kind of be careful with that. When it comes to. And Kelly, you mentioned this, the warming loops and the tingles all over and the icy loops. No. It there's a good chance that there's a lot of ingredients in there that you just do not want inside of you. Some of them even contain honey. And we've talked about honey using it for um other burns Wound care. Wound things, care. Yeah, yeah. Wound care. Um and so it's just it's not not really meant to go inside of the vagina so um, sugar
0: in general yeah and i yeah not this is not mm, not trying to like kink shame anything but be very careful with your whipped creams your chocolate syrup yeah you're kind of asking for a yeast infection there just because it's not really meant to be in that area, in that self-cleaning oven. We've talked about partners' oral hygiene before, too, and this kind of branches off. But specifically, stay away from these things if you're someone who's already experiencing some vaginal dryness and vaginal irritation.
1: There was this girl, I want to say she worked for BuzzFeed. I think it was BuzzFeed. And she basically, she read Fifty Shades of Grey and then had like, basically recreated everything, like, with her husband. Okay. In, in every every scenario, every time that they had sex, they did kind of, like, the exact same thing. And she kind of, like, reported, <laughs> like, okay, this was a no-go. Like, this was completely unrealistic. <laughs> or this actually felt amazing. Definitely give this a try. And I, th- I want to say it's in the second book. They break out a tub of ice cream and have a few dalliances with with the ice cream on the spoon and he's just kind of like trailing it all over her and everything like that. And the girl when she actually tried it, she got a yeast infection. So again, just kind of be careful. Food can be super fun in the bedroom if that's what you like, but
0: just be careful careful about where you're, where you're putting it. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So, think that was pretty much all I had basically just we want you guys to be aware be informed because I've talked to a lot of people which thankfully we're getting away from that warming but some people think oh warming that sounds like I'm irritated that I have pain with sex warming that just sounds relaxing and nice well warming turns to burning really really pretty quick (laughs) so I just again sometimes I'm like the people who invented this must not have been female (laughs) or knew nothing about the female body. And a lot of times the people creating these products, these aren't doctors or scientists or research. It's people who are trying to sell product. And so you just got to be careful. They're not necessarily going to put the cleanest and the best thing. They're going to put what's going to make them the most money and what they can And some of their marketing, I think, is very, very strategic and clever. But you guys are going to have this list, and you're going to know what to look for, and you're going to find great, clean, wonderful loops that don't irritate you. And, and this goes for vaginal
1: health. It goes for anal health, like whatever thing, yeah. whatever, wherever you are putting whatever. Just again, as long as you are both consenting adults that are willing participants and excited to do these things, if, if you're having anal sex, use so much lube just double it triple it because that just yeah y- you got you want to be better safe than sorry with with that one so just that is not gonna have it.
0: the natural lubricant no. that the vagina has so you're fighting an uphill battle so so you want to just like double it triple it keep adding yeah. more
1: so in conclusion couple research articles here for you just that continue to support the use of lubricant. This article, um, these are all coming from the journal of sexual medicine. We've talked about how much we love this journal. Like it is my absolute favorite. Um, this was published in 2012 and it is called to lube or not to lube experiences (laughs) and perceptions of lubricant use in women with and without dyspareunia. Uh, and so they basically were measuring females attitudes and questions regarding the use of lubricant and Basically, what they found is that women with dyspareunia have more difficulty with natural lubrication. We've talked about that. Like that that makes sense. That tracks with, with what we know about the pelvic floor, about vaginal health, and about pain with sex. And so they continue to say, you know, it is consequently not surprising that they reported using lubricant more frequently than women in the control group who did not have dyspareunia. Women with dyspareunia reported using lubricants more often than the control group to try to prevent or alleviate pain and reported this as being a moderately effective strategy suggesting that it may be useful a useful tool for women with dyspareunia so really good I recommend lubricant to all of my patients that have pain with sex whether it's with initial penetration with deeper thrusts. like lube it up girl lube it up another study and I like this one because they actually had like a counterpart they did a study on women's perceptions about lubricant use and vaginal wetness during sexual activities and then they also had kind of a counterpart um called men's use and perceptions of commercial lubricants, the prevalence and characteristics in a representative sample. So we'll start with the women first. And this study was published in 2013. And overall, women felt positively about lubricant and lubricant use preferred to, and basically preferred that sex felt more wet. They felt that they were more easily orgasmic when sex felt wetter and thought that their partner preferred the sex to feel more wet than dry as well. And so findings suggest that women generally feel very positive about lubricants and lubricant use and prefer that vaginal penile intercourse to feel more wet. And so um, incorporating prog- products such as lubricants into their sexual activities um, are is a good recommendation that healthcare providers and and other medical professionals can, you know, help help to make that, those recommendations. And so that, that's where we come in. Um, it feels more comfortable. It feels better. You're more likely to climax. Who doesn't want that? So lube it up. Absolutely. And then the last study is that men's use and perceptions of commercial lubricants. And they also found, um, they found that 70% of, of men, around 70% of men in the United States, reported having used commercial lubricants with men older than 24 and those in a relationship much more likely to report that lubricant use. Um, they, The most common reasons for lubricant use included to make sex more comfortable, for fun, curiosity, or their partner wanted, wanted to use it. And so lubricant use is common. Um, they report sexual enhancement, more comfort, more pleasure. And so again, that's another another way that we can help to educate our patients about lubricant use how to get more more comfortable and that sexual enhancement like we've we've talked about how important sex is to any natural healthy adult consenting relationship. And if you're having difficulties there, it's not only going to take its toll physically, but mentally and emotionally as well with that relationship and sex should be fun and it should not be painful should not be uncomfortable. And so if you're having anything like that, hopefully these things can help. Hopefully these things can help, especially my patients that are postpartum. If they've had maybe a really difficult pregnancy, if they had a difficult delivery, they're terrified. They're like, I don't want to have sex. Like I'm scared it's going to hurt. And so we tell them water-based lube more than you think, get on top, go really slow. Those things will take so much anxiety out of even just beginning that process of having sex again and can it can help you get back to you know your normal natural mm-hmm. natural sex life so
0: lube it up y'all lube it up absolutely the only other thing I wanted to add to that is notice she talked about these patients that we're seeing lube is not a treatment for dyspareunia no it it's not just oh sex hurts so I'm gonna lube it up so I can actually have sex and then I'm just having slippery wet sex, but it still hurts. Yeah. So it's, it's not a standalone treatment. It can help while we're addressing the issue. But notice when we talked about the things that it could be, we talked about vaginal dryness. She didn't bring that in until the end because it's not a treatment for dyspareunia. It's not the answer to all the problems. It is a great tool while we're working on yeah things just just like your breathing is a tool Mm -hmm. you're
1: stretching that internal release your pelvic wand like yes and and i tell my patients especially ones that have pretty high pain with sex they're like it is excruciating it is unbearable i'm like okay we're like then don't yeah we're done like and and I tell them like now, granted, like from a you know medical healthcare standpoint, I want you to stop trying to have sex because I can tell just sitting at you, like looking at you sitting across the room how high your anxiety is just talking about this. And so if you're feeling that while you're trying to have sex, that concerns me not only for your physical health, but for your mental health too. Right. And so like so I tell him, I'm like, I want you to stop having sex. Now, granted, it's not my relationship, it's not my business. If The moment strikes, and you absolutely cannot resist. And you want to, and you want to, yeah. Be careful. Just be careful. Take it slow. That's when I say, you know, use a lot of lubricant. Try these different positioning techniques, make sure you are breathing through that. So yes. we, we've we talked about, we have a whole episode on, on pain with sex. Maybe it's time we do do another one, a part two, yeah. kind of revisit some things there. Um, even with some like postpartum and pregnancy considerations too. I think that could be a good Yeah, episode. I do too. So, um, but but yeah, this lubricant is not the end all be all. It is a tool. Mm-hmm. It is a tool. So if you are having pain with sex, come see us. Come hang
0: out. We will figure out what's going on. We'll get you getting better and get get sex more comfortable for you. And there's so many studies out there, and I've had so many patients tell me once we start addressing the overactivity and we get those muscles working more in a more normal fashion lubrication increases, arousal response Mm -hmm. increase. So all of that, make sure you're addressing all the problems, but yes, absolutely. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this was educational to everyone. Um, Rachel, do you have a patient one?
1: Yes, I
0: do. My
1: patient, I actually just saw her this morning, and my schedule has been a little bit crazy the last couple of months. I think both of ours have, and so I saw her like end of November, but wasn't able to see her again for a follow up until today. And so, and normally, if I know that that's gonna that that's gonna happen, I kind of like overload them with information yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, listen, like I'm not gonna be able to see you for a while, so like here's everything. Like go home, chew on it, think about it, email me if you need me, but like there, this is going to be a lot for you because I'm not gonna be able to see you for a month hit the ground running like work on all of these things and so she was having some pretty significant urgency and urge incontinence um, had definitely fallen into the pattern of responding to that first urge of going just in case you know running to the bathroom sprinting ripping her clothes off as as she went and having a lot of incontinence associated with that and so hadn't seen her for a month and she came comes back in she's like i'm sleeping through the night which she wasn't doing before she was she's sleeping through the night her frequency went from to ev- from every thirty minutes to about every two hours just just within a month just within a month and she has had significantly less incontinence and she's like I didn't realize how much sleep I was missing out on until I started sleeping through the night again. And so she's just, she's been doing fantastic. Like that was literally the first, like this morning was the first time that I, our first, our first follow-up and she's already, I'd say like at least probably like 50% better. With just an eval. With just an eval. I love that. I love
0: that. And so that's super encouraging because I think a lot of people are like, well, how long is it going to take an yeah. eval? And, yeah. and a lot of this is you guys just coming in here and getting the tools. Yeah. So.
1: And applying them, I will yes. say, because she did everything that I told her to do to the letter to the letter. She was diligent with her home exercise programs. She was drinking a gallon of water, but she was adding a bunch of crystal light to it. So we nixed that. She's like, I'm not happy about it, but I did it. But I did it. <laughs> and, you know, she she stopped going to the bathroom just in case. She has been better at suppressing that urge. She's responding to that urge calmly and, and coolly rather than, you know, running and sprinting to get there. And so and and I tell my patients this. I'm like, that's up to you. Like when they ask me, well, how long is this going to take? I'm like, I, that's up to you, because this I have seen it take a year because patients don't do exactly what we tell them to do step by step. I've seen it take three visits. It
0: it really depends. It really mm-hmm. just 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 depends. So I love that. That's such a good one. Those yeah. are patients like that are so fun. We love I all know. you guys, but. It's fun for us when you guys succeed. Yeah. I, I think that's a super important thing that I want everyone to understand. We love it when yeah. y'all do good. We absolutely love, love it. it. Okay. My patient when this patient is near and dear to my heart. I just love this patient. She may be one of my favorites. And a history of pretty severe pain with intercourse. I mean, pretty severe to the point she's got a great husband. They've got a great, like, very, very healthy there. But she dreads and hates and has so much anxiety surrounding intimacy. Yeah. And so we've been working pretty hard, been working on a lot of things. In the last internal exam slash treatment that we did, she had hardly any pain. Nice. And she just left here so excited. She was like, I can't wait to try things. Like, she just, Aww. instead of being fearful and having so much anxiety surrounding sex, she was excited. I don't know. how I haven't seen her since then, but just based on how the muscles and everything was feeling, she was like, this is great. This is so awesome. I can't wait to go try this. Can I try this? And, and we talked through some of the things we've talked through today. We've talked through lubricants and all the techniques. And so she was actually excited instead of anxious and fearful. And she said usually she would just cry when, the thought of, when she even talked about or thought about intercourse. And she left that appointment excited. That's to amazing. try something and i was like this is it this is this why is we do this it
1: is, this <laughs> is why we do it that's fantastic not only such a big like physical hurdle but a really big mental yeah. one as well that she can see that as a fun and exciting experience rather than an anxiety
0: inducing mm-hmm. one that's huge yeah that's huge. absolutely so i love that yeah i was and pretty excited that's so fantastic. We'll, we'll, we'll see maybe there'll be a part two on that patient yeah. one but good
1: well your PSA this week check your ingredients of your lubes check them double check
0: and we'll see that it is yep we'll post that list and we will um everyone will be checking their ingredients and making sure they're using good clean things so hope you guys enjoyed this uh hope everyone's having a good new year hope we are all implementing our new year's resolutions and leaving negative things in the past done um since it is a new year i'll go ahead and remind everyone you can follow us on spotify apple podcast wherever the podcast you listen to is just make sure you go ahead and hit follow or subscribe that just helps us become more visible especially if you're like wow everybody needs to know this the yeah. more people that follow and subscribe the more the show is put out there you can also leave us a rating a review you can follow us ask questions on social media we've been getting some good ones lately yeah we've been getting a lot of new follows lately that's been nice I hope everyone's learning something Rachel just helped someone find a physical therapist in their area the other day it was great so that's awesome we love love to see that we love it when you guys get help even if it's not from our clinic yeah that's that's the whole point of this. That's uh, yeah. That's that's the whole point. So,
1: like, follow, subscribe, comment, leave a
0: yeah. Write us
1: in. Review. L- leave us yeah. Leave us a review. Tell us your questions. Tell us your you know your fun experiences with lube. I know you've got some stories. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear them. We we'll want to hear some funny em. stories. We'll keep
0: it anonymous, but we'll share it. And we'll never share without your permission. Yeah, if you want to write in. If you've had some wins in your life and you're just like, I want to tell someone, but this isn't like a win I want to shout from the rooftop.
1: (laughs) Want Kelly and Rachel to
0: do it? Let us do it. Let us be your hype girls. I've been having the best sex in my life, but you don't want to just like announce that on your Instagram story. You can tell us. We'll announce it for you. We'll announce it for you. (laughs) All right.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Well,
0: I hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope you learned something and we will see you next week. Bye.